podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Each of us has a purpose. We are destined to do something meaningful, not only to support our loved ones, but to positively impact our communities throughout the country. What do you think a private Christian education looks like? Grand Canyon University graduates 25,000 students yearly and offers more than 225 high-quality programs across nine colleges. Find your purpose at GCU. Visit gcu.edu. It is your instant match reaction for Everton nil, Chelsea 2 or Chelsea 2, Everton nil. Uh, if you want to do it properly, uh, the Blues, great run on the road in the Premier League, came to an end tonight at Stamford Bridge where they were fully outplayed by Thomas Tuchel's team. Joining us to have a chat about it, Dave Downey, Mark Mosey and Lyndon Lloyd. Uh, the Blues still in fifth as we start this podcast. Uh, they could be in sixth by the end of the night, West Ham playing Leeds. As we speak, uh, I'll come to you first, Lyndon. What were your overall thoughts on that one, mate, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the game? Yeah, I, th- I think it ultimately was more or less as we expected, I think particularly after the team news. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Dukuri was even, was always going to be a huge miss. And I think as it proved on the day, not having the quality of, of someone like James Rodriguez was another, you know, another, another big factor in it. Um, I mean, against a team like Chelsea, I mean, their bench was just ridiculous. I mean, you know, they played with three players who I wouldn't have wanted to start. Someone like um, Mason Mount was on the bench and we still couldn't really get near them. Um, and, you know, to, tonight, tonight we would have had to be really on it, probably perfect tonight. Um, and unfortunately we weren't, you know, we had, we made mistakes at key moments in the game that, right side just opened up at the worst possible moment in the first half. Um, and ultimately, I know that um, Carlo Ancelotti said that this match last year was his it was his most painful one. And it could it probably could have been the same result. If it weren't for Pickford, it probably ended up would have ended up four or five nil as well. So disappointing that we just didn't, you know, we haven't really been playing like a top four team. We have been getting top four results, but we haven't been playing like a top four team in the last few weeks. And tonight we probably had to, to have any chance. And ultimately we just haven't really done ourselves justice. We're better than we were tonight. And we are better than we were tonight, than mm-hmm. we were tonight. And it's just unfortunate. It's just disappointing. Dave, what about you, mate? Um, <clears throat> similar to the United game earlier on the season in the cup, um, where I think, Two ways of looking at it. Either think, you know, you're going to Stamford Bridge and it's a typical place to go to and all of the cliches that go along with that. Um, completely appreciate it. I thought Chelsea were excellent, particularly in the first 20 minutes. Didn't give us a second to breathe. On the rare occasions we got the ball, when they had it in possession, they looked really dangerous, didn't have a cutting edge. And that was the way the match in the first half. And, and then we started to come back into it a little bit. Felt we were a little bit wasteful when we started getting the ball into Richarlison. I think he had one of his nights. Um and on the other hand, yes, I full, while still fully appreciating how good Chelsea are and how good they're playing under Tuchel since he came in, I'm disappointed in Everton's efforts because I thought they should have been much better. Do you think, mean, when you say effort, Dave, do you mean the effort they put in or the performance? The effort they put in, the performance, I think, not for the lack of trying, of course. I think these lads have proven this season that, um, you know, they, they have the right attitude when they approach games. I just felt the quality wasn't there. And we did have quality players on show. Uh, Lyndon spot on in, in his assessment there in, in terms of, you know, you need to expect better from our players there. Um, it felt like Chelsea coasted at times to me. 
and and I, I I can't make peace with that. I know the fans and probably yourself, Matt, a little bit more comfortable with that sort of thing against quality opposition, but I still expect there to be a standard there from certain players. I don't think there was. I thought the Wolby was poor, uh, although most of his work was had to be done defensively. Um, and I thought Mason Holgate was was really bad, um, particularly with that first goal. I have no idea what's going on between the two of them because a Wolby goes as he should as the winger, as the furthest play further player forward. He goes out to address the ball and Holgate's just meandering back into position. Ball gets slid into, it was a Havertz at the time. And 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 then, you know, it, it's unfortunate that it comes off Godfrey. And the second goal, I mean, the, the, the two goals we can see that were really poor from our point of view. I don't care if we were playing, you know, the peak Barcelona, Barcelona under Pep Guardiola, we, we should be defending better than that. Uh, and Chelsea should have test, had to have done a lot more to score against us tonight. Um, and then, look, the only, the only chance the game of note really from us was... Richarlison, where he can't sort his feet out. I still probably with a back to keep it to save it, even if he gets it. Uh, to be honest, he lets it run a little bit too far across his body, and his body weight's all wrong, skews it into the uh, into the stand behind the goal. Uh, Context-wise, not too despondent. I think we've got some games coming up that are distinctly winnable, and that we would expect to win or certainly take a lot of points from. And we still have a game in hand on Chelsea, who are in fourth and only four points ahead of us. So in that in that context, it's absolutely fine, but. Some questions over how we played. Midfield felt like it was overrun at times too. Just like I'm just throwing out a stream of consciousness out of my brain here, to be honest with you. Hey, that's um, what this podcast is for, mate. It's the time and, to do it, the instant reaction. And I felt we probably should have introduced Josh King a little bit earlier as well. Um I thought he looked all right when he came on too. I thought he chased everything down. He had a little bit of a runabout with the ball. Um but yeah, I mean, if you're measuring up Everton against Chelsea. Probably not fair given the injuries we had, but I just wanted us to do, and I think we should have done a little bit better, particularly defensively. Mose? Just quite simply, one game too far. Um, I, I probably, I think I had that feeling regardless of who we were playing and, and where it was tonight. It, it, just, it just had that feeling where we've had a little bit of squad depletion in the last couple of weeks. And on the back of this sort of two or three game a week run that we've had, it, it just felt as though everything positive that we've done in the last few weeks without, remember, playing particularly well in, in any real game. This one, historically, is always going to be an absolute nightmare fixture for us. But I think when you've got a Chelsea team who control the game in a way that they do, those the two central midfielders in, in Kovacic and, and Jorginho, if you allow them any relative time and space on the ball, it's, it's not even as though they'll punish you every time. They will just wear you down to the point where it, it, it almost looks as though you're paying them too much respect. But I don't think it was that. And we've already touched on the fact that Everton's application was was right up there tonight. But they almost make you look silly for trying at times. And, and that is the, the sheer class of, of the calibre of players that they are. Um, I think you're dead on about Awobi in that he, he, in my mind, always seems as a bit of a side note to the tactical game plan that Everton have. It's as though the, the, the 10 lads have gone out to play in a certain way and to play in a certain shape. And then Awobi does his thing. It, it, it's almost as though he's not really, whether it's an intellectual thing in terms of his connection to the tactics or whether it's just the style of the footballer. It, it, it almost looks as though he's just on the pitch to kind of do his own individual thing at times. And I think that's quite dangerous defensively, especially when you've got a player like, like Marcus Alonso bombing up and down that, that left-hand side. But... Yeah, it, I think tonight had the it had the potential 
for me to be one of those games that you walk away from on the back of a, I don't know, a three or four nil really dejecting defeat to come away and say, that's the reason why we don't get into Europe. That's the reason why this team will not get to the levels that we wanted to. And I think collectively, I think we'd all agree is that we, we haven't come away from the game thinking like that. And don't get me wrong, this this entire fan base and club is built on a spirit and a motto that is surrounded by optimism. And we don't want to talk about defeats in, in an any way positive manner. But that that at least was a game where I could I could take a lot of encouragement from. Um, others might disagree, but it, it, it really was a game where... It, I'm, I'm, pro- I'm probably approaching this from a pretty pathetic angle in that I'm used to seeing Everton absolutely wallied uh, away. <laughs> So it, tonight feels like a bit of a semi-victory, but it, it's just that the application, I think the fact that we looked not dangerous on the break, but there were moments where Richarlison was played through in the first half. I mean, that first half, Chelsea's goal aside, that, that's how you want your first half away at Stamford Bridge to look. You're pretty solid. You're okay on the ball. You get a couple of breaks and you probably go in at half time and say, well, yeah, we've done this really well. This is where we need to expand in the second half. Ultimately, if you go 1-0 down to Tuchel's Chelsea at Stamford Bridge at the moment, it's a very long way back. And when, the, when they're bringing, who was it, Kante, Pulisic and Mount off the bench, any one of those players will be generational talents for a football club. <laughs> and they're just bringing them on just to just to give them 20 or 30 minutes. I think what we've said about injuries this season is that, to a large extent, James Rodriguez aside... I think our starting eleven has been relatively fortunate and, and in most games untouched by injuries. And I think when you look at your lineup and in particular your entire squad tonight and you get into those crunch moments of 55, 60 minutes in what is ultimately big games in terms of Premier League placement, you, you look at your bench and regardless of the situation that you find yourself in, at the point that you would ordinarily go to make substitutions, we had no one really there. You take Davis away because the, the lad has been forced into the squad yeah. tonight. If you take him away, there's absolutely nothing that changes the flow of the game or, or really upsets Chelsea. And I think if you're not able to get amongst them and, and to disrupt their rhythm, then the game only ends in one way. And that's what we saw tonight. Yeah, it's the man of the defeat. I can completely see where you see the optimism coming from, Mark, because it, it didn't feel to me like a typical Everton away day down at Stamford Bridge where we, where we raised the white flag and it's a question of how many. Um, that still could have been the case if it wasn't for Pickford and, and I think he he deserves immense praise, I think, for the last few weeks, particularly, you know, you can't imagine what he was feeling when he was going into that Merseyside derby and he really seems to have got the bit between his teeth, probably the penalty aside, but... Probably felt compelled and need to have to chase out after that, given yeah. how how wide open we were defensively between Godfrey and Keane. But um, just the point I want to make about uh, you know people will say you notice how bit I think I said it as well just now the golfing class between these two sides. Uh, I don't think that matters as much as it normally does in a typical season because Everton didn't need to win that tonight to get in the top four. It's not like we lost that game and our top four chances are gone. It's a season where a relatively modest points total will get you into the top four, I, I believe, unless you see United, Leicester and Chelsea completely run away with it now in those last three positions. But I don't quite think we're going to see that towards the end of the season. And I think you look at our running against teams that we should be beating and teams that we have beaten so far this season, Everton's run looks pretty kind, I think. We've, we've had sterner challenges 
than this to, to break into the top four in the years under Moyes in particular, and, and then Martinez, of course. Um, so it doesn't concern me from that point of view. It, it, you know, that comparison shouldn't be made after a game like this because essentially Chelsea have got different fish to fry to us, even though we're both chasing the same goal. Chelsea would go into a Champions League campaign, you know, pretty much thinking semi-final or bust, really. It'd be quite a poor season. They probably see the manager getting sacked the way they are. We're not that club. We're rooting to get into it and then sort of make our claim in terms of trying to get into it on a consistent basis. And that's why I feel it's probably unfair on our crop of players if you make those direct comparisons to what looks like, in inverted commas, a Champions League side and one that isn't or one that's a million miles away. Because this season is completely different. Everton could well get into it, having been, you know, hammered by Chelsea tonight, 4 5 nil if it wasn't for Pickford. So I, I dismissed that notion completely. And look, let's face it, Everton are still in the hunt. And probably that's who we got left to go to Arsenal. Arsenal, City. City, last, City last day, which obviously the title you'd think would be wrapped up. So in the imminent future, your big away game there is a at the Emirates, and, and they've been quite poor this season in general. So The, the next three days... I, I, just, to, just to finish, Matt, on, on Mark's point to carry it on, I'm, I'm extremely optimistic of where we're at right now. And tonight is one that you sort of... You, you do throw by the wayside, albeit from a pretty average-slash-poor performance. Yeah, I think that the next three are barely Palace and Brighton. So, you know, in the league, so there's an opportunity yeah. to sort of bounce back there. But just quickly going back to that, that first half, Lyndon, I think as, as the lads have sort of touched on there, I actually felt as though when we conceded that first goal, we were having our best spell in the game. I think the, the game plan that the manager had implemented was starting to frustrate them a little bit. It was a bit, it was a bit weird with, with Sigurdsson, uh, sorry, yeah, Sigurdsson and I think it was Gomez stood on their centre midfielders and Dom and Richarlison sort of funneled them wide, stopped the balls into the full-backs. But it seemed to be working. And then, you know, I think that... that Dave mentioned there about Iwobi and, and him being in that position, having to do a lot of defending. And as soon as we conceded that goal, my mind sort of went back to Anfield where Seamus Coleman was sort of fulfilling that exact role. And you thought maybe in that that situation, Coleman has the, you know, that extra defensive acumen to tuck in and play a little bit closer to Michael Keane. Uh, or maybe he, he tracks the run a little bit better. And I think it was just... It's just one of them where we, we made one big defensive mistake in, the, in that first half and, and they punished Everton, albeit through a little bit of luck as well with the finish. Yeah, it go, go, kind of goes back to, to, to my first point is that we needed to be absolutely solid, um, not, you know, not perfect, but we needed to be absolutely on it from the defensive point of view and, you know, one slip and, and they're in and it completely changes the complexion of the first half. I think the big the big miss there again is Decore because he fills that that covering role on the right hand side that we you know that we had on the left with Alan um more so than we did on the right. And it's just he was just a it was just a big miss not having Decore's legs in that part of the pitch just to just to fill that that hole. Um I the game plan was working. I was the thing that frustrated me and it's frustrated me for a while is is that sometimes we're just not bold enough. Um, you know, it's sometimes it's a bit too safe. We're going backwards instead of forwards. Um, you know, the, the strategy where we're kicking long with Pickford to put the ball forward, and then when we get an offensive free kick in the middle of the park, we're going backwards. Why don't you just follow the same prescription? But you've got probably got an extra couple of players up there to get the flick on. Just lump it forward. You know, the goal that we scored against them, the penalty in the reverse fixture at Goodison came from a Pickford ball into the box. Calvert-Lewin gets flattened by the keeper and you've got a penalty. If the ball's nowhere near the box, you're never going to get anything. You know, nothing's going to break your way. You're not going to um, 
you know, get a, get a lucky bounce. And sometimes against a team as good as Chelsea, that's what you need to do. You need to make, make your own luck. And, you know, which is what they did. They got a fortunate um, bounce off Godfrey for, for the first goal um, because the ball's in the box. Um, and if we're not putting it in the box enough, which I don't think we do on a, on a consistent basis from week to week, um, and, you know, until you come up against a team like, like Chelsea, it doesn't matter because you can just do enough. Mm. Uh, we needed to do more than just enough today. Um, and, you know, we, we, we played our best stuff today at 2-0 down. And it just shows that if you just have a bit more courage, a bit more forward thinking, you know, and, uh, take, take a, a move forward on the half turn rather than immediately thinking straight back to the, to the center halves and you can make things happen. Um, and that for me is, that, that for me is where the disappointment is. Um, I'm not crushed to have lost because I thought we were going, I thought we were going, it was going to be very difficult tonight anyway. Um, I would have obviously taken a draw. Um, and so the key now is to make sure that we do enough I mean, the next three games, you know, they're all one of the low half teams, but none of them are going to be easy. Um, and if we're operating on this sort of maximum efficiency, razor thin margins um, footing for the next three games, you know, we could drop points where we don't want to. So I just, we just need to have a bit more, um, just a bit more courage going forward. And, and in that respect, I liked what I saw from Tom Davis. I thought he really got us up the pitch, started moving us forward and was looking for those forward balls. And Josh King as well. Um, we haven't seen much of him, but um, he's got a good turn of pace and he's got strength. And those are the sorts of things that you can add um, if your flair players, in quotes, like Iwobi, aren't doing it. Then you need to find a different approach, and that might be it. Yeah, I think I think Lyndon's right, Moses, in regards to being bolder. I, I just sometimes look at us as well. Feels like we just need to be better on the ball. You know, the, the use of the ball and, and the way in which we panic at times when. When Chelsea did put that high press on, you know, it went out to Holgate so many times and they have a lasting into the corner at the other end or, or squirmed it out of play because he had people all over him closing down. And you could, you could hear the manager shouting, calm, calm on, on, on the feed. And then when we got time on the board, he was like, just play, play. You could hear him. In fact, they have to try and talk these, these players through it. And I think sort of looking ahead as well in regards to that, that that's something Everton have got to get a lot better at, using the ball well and being better and bolder and more inventive on the ball because those teams were playing in the next few weeks well maybe Brighton aside because they will come out and play but Palace and Burnley the next two are home at Goodison Park they're going to sit in and you're going to have to use the ball really well Yeah I think when you when you stereotypically think about a team being bold and, and better as you've both said you think about them being a little bit more gung-ho in terms of possibly their, their tactical lineup and their formation. And and possibly that includes someone like Josh King out wide on one side and Richarlson on the other and Calvert-Lewin up top and, and let's really go at them. And I think Boulder tonight would have just meant a little bit more assurance on the ball, in particular in the centre of midfield. And I think the the worst possible team that could highlight your flaws in that area at Chelsea, as we've already said, because in Alan and Andre Gomez. I don't necessarily think we've got a central midfielder between them there who is able to to perform with guile on the ball and, and craft things in the way that even someone, as you've, as you've all said, like Tom Davis did in the last 20 minutes, being bold doesn't necessarily mean carrying the ball 30 yards and, and barging a defender off and, and putting one out wide to Richarlison and then getting in the box to get on the end. It's sometimes just using that little bit announced to possibly, as Lyndon said, try something that goes forward 10 yards as opposed to five yards back. Just do something that breaks the lines, takes your team a little bit further up the pitch because 
I think with Alan and Gomez, all of the defensive attributes were there tonight, breaking up play. But when you when you try and progress your team up the pitch, I don't necessarily think that either one of them has the ambition to do that. And it's probably because they are purely focused on stopping Jorginho and stopping people like Kovacic and Kai Havertz is dropping 20 yards and who's going to pick him up. And I think we were probably guilty a little bit tonight of being so preoccupied with stopping Chelsea that we probably forgot to start being Everton. And, and that, that's, that's going to happen against really good Premier League teams. But I think sometimes it just takes that little bit of perspective from someone coming on the pitch fresh like Davis did or someone who is just naturally inventive in the way that Hamad Rodriguez would have been um, or someone who's just great at everything like Abdoulaye Decore is. And, and if you take a lad like him out of that team, then it is going to look a little bit disjointed. Um, quite frankly, if if we've got another central midfielder who is anywhere near fit, then Alex Awobi doesn't get anywhere near the start and 11 for a team who wants to go to Stamford Bridge and be pretty conservative in the first half and then build on that in the second half. It is the nature of our squad at the moment um, and obviously the the strength of Chelsea's and the, it, it was always going to be a, a test in that regard. But I think it, the last 20 minutes has just shown us that the, the whole Tom Davis form turn is in my mind, not a flash in the pan. Um, I think when you see the the confidence that he brought and the change that he made to that midfield, that's probably what left me with a lot of promise when the final whistle was blown. Because I think if we can get him into that lineup a little bit more, it, I'm frustrated now looking back at the back of that game to think that it could have been Alan Gomez and a little bit slightly fit mm. on Davis. Because that, in my mind, would have totally changed the game. I'm confident that Everton would have got to the 60-70 minute mark not being behind and we would have then been able to to break open and be a little bit more expansive. But th- th- these are all the problems of, of the nature of the season that we've got. And as you've all rightly said, as much as the fixture, looks, the fixture list looks relatively favourable in that next three games, th- these are the games that Everton have struggled in in, in the last season. So... I think it's really important that we get some form of forward ambition back. Obviously, James will bring that, but how far he is away, we have absolutely no idea. But it, it's at least a set of fixtures that Everton are not going into with fear and regret that, that most trips to, to top six teams have historically induced in us. Yeah, uh, keep your comments coming in on YouTube. We'll rattle you through a few of them before we finish up tonight. I did just want to sort of round it off, Dave, by speaking about Jordan Pickford. You mentioned them there. I think I think ultimately he's so busy late in the game because Everton actually push forward and try and get a goal back. And it, you know, it opens up massively, doesn't it? But uh, credit where credit's due. I think the, the two saves I thought were particularly good was the one in the first half from Alonso. And I think the second one of that double save from uh, Kante where he has to react and, and he tips it over the, the well, sort of hits his hand and goes underneath him. But uh, like I said, nitpicky, you say the penalty, should have done a bit better with that, a little bit erratic, you, you could say, although, you know, it's not great defending on, on our part or good enough pressure in midfield. But in the main, it's been a good few weeks for him. Hopefully he's not not as busy in, in, the, in the games coming up where Everton should have more of the ball and should be on the front foot. But it feels like he has made a few positive strides recently. Absolutely. And and I think with his distribution as well, it's been a lot better. I think we're seeing somebody who's got confidence in the right places at the moment rather than misplaced confidence or even arrogance as well, which is what we've uh, we've all accused him of at various points, not only this season, but since he took the gloves uh, since he came in 2016. And I feel as if 
I don't know what it is about him, but I feel as if there's, there's a bit more composure about what he does now he conducts himself. I feel as if there's not... You, you say erratic's the way for the penalty, yet yeah, that's probably his one slip tonight, but in, in everything else he does, there seems to be a relative serenity about it nowadays compared to what we've known previously to the last four weeks or so. Uh, I'm not sure if the you know the penny's finally dropped for him, if he's doing anything different. Be interesting to hear Ancelotti's thoughts on that if you were to question him about it. But I think we're looking at a different goalkeeper in the last few weeks. And, you know, you look at the well, nine from 12 we've got now in terms of pointage. We lost that game to uh, what Manchester City. Um, that is largely down to him. I mean, you, you think of Anfield, he was man of the match there for my money. You know, makes a fantastic save later on against Southampton uh, when Vestergaard's through on goal. And then, you know, again tonight, he's he's quickly becoming somebody we can rely on. And I do say that tentatively because, you know, you hope it's not a storm in a teacup for him and a little bit of a purple patch. But, you know, let, let's let's sort of remain calm about this before we start uh, waxing lyrical about the lad and saying he's the goalkeeper we all thought we were going to get. I think he's got a long way to go before we were all sort of saying that sort of thing. But it looks to me like he's got his feet on the ground. It looks to me like he's he's enjoying playing again rather than sort of having the world on his shoulders and everybody else as well when we all pile in on him when he's had a poor game. Uh, obviously, he invites that himself with the way he conducts himself. But I think we're looking at somebody else with a different temperament now and that's really, really encouraging. I think when he's receiving the ball, when he gets it back from defenders as well, when he's under pressure, he'll find a simple pass rather than trying to do something ridiculous um, I don't know if you noticed tonight, a couple of times when it was on his toes, he'd find a nice yeah. square pass out to one of the fullbacks, or he'd float one into Luca Dean, who pu- who'd pumped himself a little bit further up the pitch. Uh, and everything by and large hit hit the players he intended to hit. And that's only coming with confidence that I think and, and I bet you if you were to ask him, maybe come the end of the season, if we're sitting in a in, in a Champions League position or at very least a Europa League position, he'll put he'll put pointers on that derby as a real turning point in his season and hopefully his Everton career. Yeah, Lyndon, um, you've been encouraged by what you've seen from Jordan recently. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we've spoken about him before and, and um, you know, it was only a few weeks ago where we thought this is one of the positions that has to be addressed in the summer. And with every week um, where he is, um, you know, he's, he's earning us points um, with saves that are just as good as goals sometimes right now. Yep, and and yep. In, the, in the final reckoning, those will be weighed up with the mistakes he makes. And um, we'll we'll know, you know, with the eleven games to go, we'll we'll have a, a good idea at the end of the season whether he has turned this around. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's still got he's still got time on his side, um, and he's he's working the um, as Dave said, he's working out some of the um, immaturity in his game, and you know, more power to him. It's 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 not been an easy season for him psychologically, given all the abuse he's taken in the you know in the media and stuff, and so. Um, it's it's only it's only be, going to be a good thing a good thing for his development. Yeah, it's all on the long care, isn't it, Moose? It's got to be. Well, yeah, that, that was <laughs> the point I was going to touch on, but yeah, <laughs> I think arguably the the turning point in the season probably came before the derby when Ancelotti kind of withdrew him from the firing line of what felt like the entire globe, um, because he, as, as much as you sense that he is a player who kind of enjoys slightly that that kind of whole enthusiasm about his game and, and being under that spotlight almost it, it's something that in his mind he wants to really relish uh, it, it probably got to the point this season where it was just way beyond boiling point and it was it was genuinely all too much 
for him to to actually perform well. Um, and I think just intelligently taking him out of that firing line, I think for as much as we sat here and so many Evertonians flipped and flapped about what goalkeeper was going to be the number one and we need to make our decision now and go forward with it forever. Ancelotti was quite assured in the fact that he was going to give them both a little bit of game time. But ultimately, the end goal was to give Robin Olsen a few games, but also give Jordan Pickford a little bit of time just to sit back, regather his thoughts, get genuinely good good confidence on the training ground, bring that to, to 90 minutes. And I think that's that's where you get an intelligent tactician like Ancelotti. And so much has been made of his man management. And I think this is probably the best example that we've seen so far, albeit only on the back of a few good performances we've seen from Pickford recently. But I think if this was to be a situation whereby Ancelotti has noticed a flaw in someone's... I think a flaw in his character is probably a little bit harsh, but it's it's identifying an issue that isn't probably not technical, but able to help the human being out as opposed to help the actual footballer out. Mm. And I think that's something that he's, he's done very well. And if we are to, to continue to see the sorts of performances that, that we've seen from Pickford, um, I, I would like to think that he doesn't get too much hassle for the penalty tonight, because I, I genuinely think that the pass is that good that it forces Jordan Pickford out of the goal. I think if you allow, who was it, Kai Havertz, who was bearing down on goal, if Pickford doesn't come out and try and impose himself on that particular moment, then it almost looks as though he's he's been ineffective and, and not prevented what would have probably been a goal in the first place. So um, no blame from him tonight or in any of the, the previous recent games. And and hopefully, as was mentioned on commentary tonight, that, that is the, the nature of a goalkeeper that gets you into, into European places. And I think most of us at Evertonians felt that we'd, we'd lost that. And, and Jordan Pickford was going to be one of the reasons why this team never progressed. And I think the, the improvements that he's made in the space of, what, three weeks have been enormous. Yeah, uh, got to keep going. Hopefully he does. Uh, we'll quickly run through some comments. Uh, Dave Max saying, Decore's absence shows just how much he's been our player of the season. Lifts the midfield from its ponderous default. Uh, Jam Doodle saying, King surely gets a nod over a Wobie and Bernard in the next few games. Looks up for it. Should at least get a chance. Uh, would you like to see him giving a, a go in the next next few games, Dave? Yeah, I think so, mate. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's got a relatively short stay with us, hasn't he? What have we got left now? 11 games? Yeah. Um, hopefully a couple in the FA Cup. Um, yeah, I'd like to see him giving a go. I think when, when he first came on in that debut against United, I thought, what have we done here? What you know, this lad looks like me. He's just like stumbled <laughs> on after the kebab and a few pints. Uh, but after that, <laughs> he, he seems to, to have uh, improved his fitness a little bit. And I thought he did look hungry when he came on in the right way uh, when he came on tonight at Stamford Bridge. Um, I think that you can you can utilise a player like that in various ways. I think. There's the old-fashioned sort of Marcus Ben type of role that you can throw him in, isn't it, where he can run channels for you all day. Against an opposition like Chelsea away from home, that might not be a, a bad tactic to utilise. Um, but I don't think we're going to play aside, aside from the cup game in City. We're going to have as much of the ball as Chelsea did tonight. So therefore, you can utilise him in, in a genuine striker role as a second striker. Um, hopefully takes the burden off of Charleston and, and Calvert-Loon. And also, I don't know, maybe even think about using him in a three. If, if you're at home in the ascendancy, most of the ball, as I would imagine us to do against possibly Burnley at the weekend, um, that, that could bear through for us as well if you play the three strikers and you know you can sort of play him him one side of Calvert-Lewin, right side of Calvert-Lewin, Richarlison on the left, and that might be something we look at as well. So 
he's, he's hopefully given Ancelotti the right headaches, but I would like to see him start a few because we need to make a decision on him as well, don't we, in the summer? Yeah, I suppose Lillian, that was the first time tonight, really, where he got more than 10 minutes in a match, wasn't it? Because I think he's come on typically to like just basically leg it around for the last five or 10 minutes when we're trying to waste time. Yeah, you had no idea of, of what he could bring to the team. And, and, and honestly, in the, I think he won the free kick at Old Trafford for the last for the third goal. But yeah, apart yeah. from that, yeah, he hasn't yeah. really looked um, hasn't looked like anything because he hasn't had enough time. But I thought he did really well tonight. He held the ball up well. Um, and, you know, he, he gave them something to think about, which we just didn't do enough on the day. You know, if mm. um, it's hard to, to criticize Richarlison because he's been so important the last three weeks, but he had an off day. Um, and, you know, if, if someone else can provide that, um, then so much the better. So, yeah, um, I don't know if I throw him in to start, but it'd be nice if we get a couple of goals ahead against, you know, Bernie or Palace and actually give him half an hour. You know, give him a good yeah. run out. Maybe grab a goal or something. Just, just to, to sort of check him out that way. Yeah, it's hard. it feels like a long time since we've been a couple of goals ahead of someone in a comfortable <laughs> position like that. Go, sorry, Moose, go ahead. Uh, in terms of in terms of bringing potency to the attack, I still don't know what it is that I'm expecting to see. I don't, I don't necessarily know what sort of striker I'm waiting to see in terms of how he impacts the opposition goal. I think that that's just stereotypical Everton in that we've brought a striker in and we're talking about how much he legs around and holds the ball up and it's like the rite of passage that you've got to earn before you're allowed to have a shot for Everton which will probably come in his 10th game but yeah I think as, as the lads have said it's important that we're able to to see him in order to for us to make a decision um, the, the nature of our season and, and the competitive element of it in terms of Everton actually having something to play for potentially will go against him because at, at every juncture the temptation will be to get James and R- R- Richarlison and Carbot-Lewin on the pitch and keep them there uh, and he may well fall foul of, of our own competitive nature but it, it would be a nice a nice situation to be in in order to bring him on, as, as Lyndon said, for, for 20 to 30 minutes, if for no other reason than to give people like Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison a break. Um, because as much as we do go back to this sort of weekly fixture setup now, th- there's a lot of football in those legs in recent months. Um, and we, we really need to think about how, how we manage some of our players. But as I've said, the, managing players goes right out the window when you fit in the Premier League, unfortunately, because that they are... They are the standards that, that we have set this season and, and we quite frankly have to maintain until the end of May. Yeah, well, it looks unfortunately like we're going to be six by the end of the night because West Ham are already 2 0 up against Leeds. Um, so that's not ideal. Leeds are two goals disallowed in the first 10 minutes as well. Uh, yeah, looks like it might be one of those nights. Uh, which very quickly, just on the, the manager's quote afterwards and said that the core is going to miss some games, which isn't ideal. Obviously, don't know how long. Yeah, and he also said the game was that we planned was what we got for 30 minutes. We have to be honest, we are not at the same level. We cannot play an open game against this type of team. We will be there until the last game, though. No tragedy. Uh, maybe, yeah. Maybe it's well summed up as, as possible from, from our manager there. Uh, we will leave it there tonight, lads. Uh, disappointing for the Blues in the Capitol. Obviously, first time they've lost away from home for a while. Fingers crossed they can get back to it on Saturday. Uh, do head over to Toffee Web and read Lyndon's match review as well. Again, apologies for disrupting that, mate. Fine, I've got plenty of, <laughs> plenty, plenty of time to dwell on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, whenever we lose, it's, just put it put it to the side, just leave it for a few hours. Yeah. Uh, cheers to Dave and Mark as well. If you want to hear more from us in the build-up to that game against Burnley, do come and join us on Blue Room Extra, multiple episode shows every day, analysing 
and looking forward to all of our football matches. And like we said, going to be a crucial run-in, so you want more Everton content. But anyway, else from an audio perspective, do come and get involved. But yeah, I hope everybody enjoys the rest of the evening and we'll speak to you again soon here on The Blue Room. As a charge nurse, you can be a confident and dynamic leader who supports the nursing team and guides their patient care. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program equips you with strategies that prepare you to manage the ever-changing realities of healthcare while maintaining focus on family support and patient outcomes. What do you think making a difference in healthcare looks like? GCU offers over 250 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Sports Social Podcast Network.